Hi, it's about also known as GG. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Liz Bull. Liz Bull is a certified life mastery consultant, business hypnotist, master bioenergy healer, healer, and she can help you get a life and a body you love. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really, uh, I'm so pleased to be on here. This is this is terrific stuff, and um, I just. I love what you're doing and I'm really, really excited. And you know what? I am just looking here to see where I can share your page uh, to mine because I did the refresh thing. And uh, I am technically, hey, everybody, the secret is out. I am technologically challenged. That's all there is to it. So. <laughs> Not a problem. No. Now, why don't you tell us how long it's about you and where you're from, Liz? Okay. You know what? I just found where we're doing this, and now I'm sharing it. So here we go, folks. I'm going to share it, and I'm going to share it now to public, <laughs> right? That's what I want to do. Okay. All right. Ta-da. <laughs> So now, so now, I mean, hey, newsflash here, I am totally technologically challenged, and that's the way it is. Not a problem. Yet, yet another thing that I have to overcome in my life is technological challenges in the Zoom world. Yes, ma'am, I'm glad you were able to figure it out. <laughs> Well, it was just a timing thing. There was, you know, what I learned was that there's this little lag. Hey, y'all, this is a hot tip, right? There is a lag from the time that you refresh the page to when things really appear, and then you're able to finally click on share. Yes, ma'am. It's a step-by-step process. <laughs> so, hey, we get by with a little help from our friends, right? Yes, ma'am. Liz, we're so honored to have you here today. Now, can you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Sure. Well, I, I basically categorize myself as an East Coaster. Um, I was born in New York, and um, when I was 12, my family actually moved to Florida. And so there I was. And until I graduated from college, at which point I moved back north again. Uh, and north was pretty much where I stayed for a while before uh, moving back to Florida. <laughs> so, so that's 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 me in terms of uh, ge geographical information. So, yeah, East Coast, that's me. That is me. Yep. So I enjoyed my, I've certainly enjoyed my time on, on the East coast. Never, never had a, a notion to go West for whatever reason. I know, I know that's part of our heritage, you know, go West young man, you know, <laughs> see fame and fortune in the West. I never had that urge. Not once. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now more about your book, your amazing itty bitty diet, free weight loss book. You mean this? Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, that. So weight loss, weight has, has been an issue in my life for forever. I mean, really for forever. I, I grew up with a mom who was morbidly obese. I mean, seriously, seriously obese. Uh, and so there was always, you know, issues of two things. One, there was food restriction, because I, I was fat when I was young, too, you know, uh, 
heaven knows why. Well, actually, I have some theories on that, but we won't go there right now. Uh, and so I was, you know, dieting at a very young age. My mom was always on a diet, but then there would be, you know, the binging that would occur always at night, you know, in secret. We eat in secret. We don't, you know, we, we restrict during the day. And, you know, back then, doctors would put you on crazy things. I mean, I think my mother was on speed for, a, you know, quite, quite a long time because that's what they did. You know, that's what they did. And it made her cranky and crazy, quite honestly. So I grew up with a mom who was always, you know, binging, restricting and crazy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but that's you know that's the way it was because that's i mean restriction makes you crazy anyway but then the drug on top of it all made it even worse it really did made it even worse because she didn't sleep well and if you're not sleeping well you know that makes you crazy too so i mean i can't even imagine how many thousands of women have endured um that cr crazy cycle and of course, if you're losing weight under those conditions, it's not going to stay gone because the underlying reasons for the weight never get addressed. It's always, well, here, try this. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, well, then try that. Oh, that didn't work either. Well, do this. And, and nobody ever stops to do any proper analysis. And that's what's different about my approach to weight loss is I have an engineering background. So I have a very rigorous and methodical way of looking at it. And then also as a medical intuitive and master healer, I'm looking at when did this start? Did it even start with you? Or is this something that's epigenetic? For example, um, I'm half Irish on my mother's side, right? Both of my, both my grandparents were born in Ireland. Well, what's Ireland famous for? Famine, starvation. So that's there. That's already there in the genes and the gene expression is a history of deprivation and starvation and there never being enough. So when people feel like there's never enough, the first place they go is food. Even if it's no longer part of their experience in this lifetime, they're carrying it through. I know that sounds nuts, but I can tell you my own experience with uh, cleaning out my pantry. My mother always had a fully stocked pantry. I mean, we would have, I mean, you would think the apocalypse, uh, apocalypse was coming. You know? <laughs> the Bull family was gonna have food, no matter what, you know, the, the earth could have been completely scorched, but we would have had enough food. We would have had enough food in the freezer. We would have had all those canning jars were fully packed, I mean, stacks of them, right? We were a family of four people, <laughs> okay? But I can tell you that if 
I was cleaning out my pantry, I would start to feel a sense of panic and dread. You would think that every grocery store in my town was going to go out of business in the next 10 minutes and there was no more food available. Literally, I would feel that sense of panic and dread. I mean, the fear was just gripping my stomach. It was crazy. Finally, I realized what the heck was going on. I went, oh, okay, we need to do some energetic clearing on this one because it makes no sense. I mean, it's just me and my dearest darling, you know, <laughs> that's it. I don't have 10 kids. <laughs> I don't even have a dog right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> This made no sense. Why should I feel so panicked? But then the crazy thing is, is I was visiting my brother. And again, it's just the two of them, right? I mean, he doesn't have 10 kids. He doesn't have, you know, none of that. And I'm looking and I'm going, he's doing the same bloody thing. I mean, he's stocked up to the beyond with food. And I was like, dong. <laughs> you know? Clearly, that same, you know, expression is occurring in his life. You know, the man shops at Costco, right? This is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And so, <laughs> and I've never discussed it with him. I was just like observing. You no, know, you have to be in observation mode on some of this stuff to see how the craziness expresses itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah i mean he has clearly he has never gone through the oh let's pare down the pantry uh-uh that has not ever occurred to him <laughs> nor will it ever i suspect nor will it ever it's just like that's just the way that works we are not running out of food uh -uh. no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But back to my mom. I want to I want to dig into that because that was one of the, the one of the things that I have discovered about the relationship with energy and histories of abuse, which is how you and I got together with abuse um, and uh, the, epi the epigenetics stuff that's stuff that's going on. So. My big aha moment of. Uh, with weight loss and energy work came when I was working with a woman. Uh, we were actually in a course together because she she is also a healer. And she was, we weren't working on weight, not at all. We were working on something else. I can't even remember what we were working on. But what I noticed being a medical intuitive, you can kind of see things in people's bodies. And what I was noticing was that her lungs were exceedingly dark. And the lungs are typically where grief is held in the body. Every organ holds on to, it has its own little job to do in terms of uh, various emotions. So the lungs are about grief. And I thought to myself, hmm, what's going on here? So as we started chatting about that, I said, you know, I've just noticed that there's a lot of grief in your body. What, you know, tell me, tell me about what's going on. Where, what, where have the losses been? Now, this is a woman, she was a, a LDS Mormon. She had six kids but she had had five miscarriages. And I went, oh, 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 oh. So what was going on was her body was maintaining the soul connection 
to those babies by holding on literally to the weight of the babies. So we're talking about a body that was holding on to five babies worth of weight. And when we released the grief, when we, you know, kind of brought that into focus that that's what was going on, her body literally started releasing the weight. I mean, it was coming out of her every which way. And it was, you know, one of these courses that went on for, you know, more than a week. She literally had to run to Walmart and buy new clothes because hers were literally falling off her. It was the craziest thing I had ever seen. And, you know, if if I weren't the sane, pretty well-grounded person that I am, I would have said, Lisbeth, what in the world are you smoking? You know, this can't possibly be happening. But it was. It was. So, you know, our bodies use weight to hold on to all kinds of things, all kinds of crazy things. We do. We will do that. But back to the abuse thing. What I have noticed is that um, food, eating, weight serve a lot of emotional purposes, particularly around abuse. Um, what I've noticed is that literally, you know, emotions have weight and pain turns into pounds. With my mom, like I said, I mean, she was a yo-yo dieter. And there, there was one point where my brother and I, my brother is a doctor, he's an MD. And we were very concerned about her um, because her father had died of heart issues. And at that point, um, my mom was experienced. She had high blood pressure, which is one of those indicators that, you know, things aren't gonna go well in the future. And my brother was very, very concerned. And he had been working at the Royal Victoria Hospital uh, with people who were morbidly obese. And we said, we, got, we have to do something. We absolutely have to do something or this just is not gonna be pretty. And you know, it's gonna be you and me kid who have to deal with the mess, right? I mean, what do you do when you know, your parents start to experience very, very serious health problems? You know, what are we gonna do? So we said, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Now that back in the day, this was in the you know, late 70s, um, people were doing supervised fasts. So we said, okay, let's, let's talk mom into doing a leave of absence from work. So rather than sending her to, you know, Red Door or one of those spa places, we will do, this will be a do-it-yourself job, right? We have, you know, we have the resources here. We have an MD on staff, you know, and we have someone else who can cook and, you know, keep an eye on her. So we'll just do that. So we, we, we encouraged her and convinced her that the thing to do is to take a leave of absence from work. And we would we would bring her up to Montreal, which is where we were both living then. And she would stay with me and I would keep an eye on her and my brother would, you know, do her vital signs and, and all that. Right. So we did this whole thing and, um, you know, it worked. She lost a lot of weight. She lost a lot of weight. It came it came off. It did. Now, I wish I could say that it stayed off, but it didn't. It didn't. The minute she was back in Florida, the weight came back. The weight came back. 
Now, back then, I wasn't a healer. I didn't know any of this stuff. I really, you know, and my brother really didn't have an awareness of it either. What I found out later was that my mother had been um, sexually abused by her brother. My mom's uh, father died when she was eight years old. Her brother at that time was a teenager. And um, her aunt, who was supposed to be looking after her, was neglectful. Her mother, um, mind you, both my grandparents were Irish immigrants. They came at very young ages. And my grandmother literally had a third grade education and she worked as a cook for wealthy wealthy families in Manhattan. And uh, when her husband died, she went back to work as a cook. That's what she did. So she worked long hours and auntie was supposed to be, you know, minding the store. Well, she didn't. So, and when my mother told her about what was going on, you know, auntie's response was, oh, shh, 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 shh. we don't, we won't, we don't want to trouble your mother. You know, we don't want to trouble her. She's got enough on her plate, you know, so just, shh. right. Don't be, don't be a trouble. Don't be a bother to your mom. So for my mom, my mom carried a tremendous amount of body shame, which of course she passed on to me. She was always um, very apprehensive whenever she was she was out. Um, you know, she would talk about uh, her her job and you know working around men. She never felt safe around men. She would report how you know there were you know several men in particular. She, she would say. They always look at you like they're undressing you. She was very, very conscious of what she wore, always exceedingly modest. Uh, she would cover up everything. And for a fat woman and living in Florida, I got to tell you, you know, this was no mean feat. Because she was always, you know, she was she suffered. She suffered in the Florida heat. She did. Because you can't I mean, it's hard to cover up everything and still be comfortable uh, in Florida, especially back in those days when air conditioning was not as ubiquitous as it is now. I mean, now it's everywhere, but back then it wasn't, you know, back then it was not everywhere. You know, cars didn't have air conditioning, uh, you know, nothing, nothing much. <laughs> it was like, okay, open the windows and, you know, hope for a breeze. <laughs> that's, that's the way it was back then. That's the way it was. So, yeah, so she she regained it. And that is what I have found um, over and over again with a lot of my clients is that there are histories of abuse. There are. So, number one, you know, the weight is some kind of protection. It's like maybe if if I make myself look unattractive enough, they'll leave me alone. So that's one thing. And the other thing is. um you know, if you think of the outrage uh, and anger at being in that situation where you're not protected uh, and having no legitimate expression for the anger, that's the other theme very often with my clients is there have been other abuses or neglect in their, in their childhood, their younger days, um, and there was no legitimate expression of the anger. So for comfort, um, you eat, you chomp, 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 
or you swallow, swallow, swallow. That's where the anger goes. I'll, I'll eat my anger. I'll eat my emotions. And what does that do? Mm, you know, your body, your body ex- expands. And then there's, then there's becomes inner directed anger because it's what's wrong with me. I'm so stupid. Why am I doing this? I should know better. You know, mm, 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 you know, I'm so stupid. So the self-abuse starts, right? The self-abuse starts or there's, you know, they might have some success with all of the restriction, which, you know, you will have periodically, you can have some success, but then there'll be a plateau. And then there's more rage and anger that comes out of that, or there's, there's the guilt, there's the shame, there's all that stuff that, that goes along with it. So it's like, it, it just, it, it doesn't work for the long term. You really have to deal with those root causes and then it becomes safe to express. And you find, you find, you know, legitimate ways to express your emotions. And I find with a lot of my clients, they don't even know what they're feeling because the abuse started so early on. The neglect started so early on. They didn't, you know, it's pre-verbal. There are no, there were no words and they still don't have words. They still don't. That's one of the things that I often end up doing with my clients is I literally send them a list of emotions and definitions so that they can start to actually experience them and start to name them, which is, I mean, it sounds weird, but when, when you have that much um, abuse and neglect, the frustration builds up and it, and it, and it stays resident in your body. It stays resident. So a lot of times things come out when we start to really work on doing these healing things. Um, a lot of times it, it gets expressed as tears. The release comes in the form of tears. Cause that, you know, when you're younger, that's all you got. That's really all you got. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Liz, uh, Melanie H says, people do mentally beat ourselves up. It's such a cycle until the cycle is broken. That's right. That's absolutely right, Milani. Absolutely right. Yep. 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 And that is my work is breaking that cycle over and over and over again, because it, it kind of, you know, it's, it may start, I should start here, you know, here, and then it cycles around and then it goes around again and it goes around again and then it goes around again. And, you know, until you get out here, then if there's a long enough timeline, there is a lot of unwinding to do a lot of unwinding to do. And many of my clients are typically middle-aged uh, and they're still dealing with stuff that happened when they were three years old. So it takes, it takes a while to you know, work backwards, but it can be done. You have to be patient and it takes a certain amount of bravery. Uh, and, but, you know, hey, these people are typically very brave souls in the first place because they've already endured a lot. They've, and they live to tell the tale, you know, just like you did, just like I did, you know, we're still here. We're still standing. (laughs) We're still standing. (laughs) We are, we are still standing. Yeah. So there's, that's, that's a lot of it, but some of the stuff too comes from, um, not all of the cycle, the the cycles of dieting, 
a lot of people have just been fed, literally fed, such a, a load of crap about what they're supposed to be eating. And this, it, it has a kind of a vicious cycle too. There is, what I found is that there is actually a correlation um, between your blood type and what food actually works for your body. So a lot of times people have been on these diets and all they've been concerned about is calories. Calories mean nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. What matters is what your body can actually use. That's what matters. And the only way you can find out, I mean, there are two ways you can find out. One, you can go the opposite direction. You can have a blood test that will tell you what your body can't use. You know, I call it the don't put put this in your mouth test. You know, so you know, it's like, don't do that. It is a bad idea, right? Or you can use something called applied kinesiology, which is what I teach all my clients is how to use that Plain English is called muscle testing. You can literally test what your body can use and what it can't, right? So that takes inflammation once you start to figure that out. And it's, you know, it's testing, it's being rigorous. I said, I have an engineering background, right? So it was like, we test, we see what's really going on here. Cause you know, as I say, it goes, the truth will set you free. Now, if you have a particular attachment to Twinkies, it might piss you off first, but... <laughs> But at least you'll know, you know, unequivocally <laughs> what will work with your body, what will actually nourish your body. And when you start to nourish your body, then inflammation goes away. And a lot of times what people have really been dealing with is massive amounts of inflammation, massive amounts. Now, there's another piece to this, and this goes back to that early abuse stuff, because a lot of abuse registers in the body as a fear response, well, where does fear live in the body, the stomach? And if you think about the amygdala and the role of the amygdala, which is fight, flight, freeze, right? Fight, flight, freeze. If you think about how that gets expressed in the body, if you think of, of animals, when an, when an animal gets scared, what's the first thing it does? It pees and poops on the run, right? So that's all the stuff in your digestive tract that gets affected by that early abuse and neglect. So if you have an, a, a digestive system that's already compromised, it's going to make your body's ability to assimilate nutrients compromised. Okay. And if that's true, how, if, you know, how well do you think you're going to do with diets? Not well at all. Not well at all. And if you think about the kind of response that dieting, traditional dieting provokes deprivation, fear, there's not enough for me. Will I ever, will there ever be enough for me? And then am I enough, right? So all that gets bound up in that response, which makes it hard for your body to release weight. You, I look like it looks like I've confused you totally. No, I don't understand. Or maybe, oh my gosh, what the, oh my gosh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, so there's there's a lot to it, which is why all that traditional stuff. I mean, like I tell people, it's like if Weight Watchers actually worked, why would you need a lifetime membership? Makes no sense, 
you know, the, the reality is it doesn't work for all those reasons that I mentioned, none of which is ever just, you know, even, I mean, it's like nobody even whispers that, <laughs> you know, at any of these weight, weight loss meetings, because most of these people don't know, you know, they're, they're ignorant of that. You know, early childhood abuse is never mentioned in the same breath with weight loss. Never. But it, right. is, but it is here. But it is here. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love it. Now, Liz, tell us more about your greatest accomplishment in your life. Greatest accomplishment in my life? Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's... You ask tough questions. You ask tough questions. I don't know. I don't always say, well, I think, I think, I think reinventing myself more than once, reinventing myself more than once. Um, somebody recently, I was in a, in a networking meeting and there was this fellow who was taught, very accomplished man, very accomplished, um, has done all kinds of different things in, in his life. And apparently there is a term called a polymath, a polymath. I'd never heard of that word before, but, uh, you know, he was talking about being a jack of all trades, master of none. But if, if in fact you have mastered some of these things, that makes you a polymath. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe I should say, well, because I'm, I'm a polymath of sorts. You know? <laughs> Very Right. I mean, I've done a lot of a lot of cool things. Um, as you know, I was an architectural lighting uh, designer for many years, and I specialized in skyscrapers. That's what I did, and um, they're tough. Skyscrapers are tough, but um, they they totally changed the 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 mood in a city. Um, I was at one point. I was doing. I did several jobs in Miami. Uh, and I was down there one time uh, photographing one of the jobs and this woman stopped me and she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm photo photographing uh, Centrust building. And she went, the woman went into tears. She said, why is, what, what? I, I said, well, you know, I, I lit that building. She said, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you, you have no idea what that did for Miami oh my gosh this you know this place was in such doldrums and lighting that building it just you know it raised everybody's self-esteem and we all felt better about our city and oh my gosh I just can't thank you enough who knew <laughs> so, so I said okay so you know I've changed the vibe in a number of cities so that's what it is I mean the, um, I was senior vice president of the Douglas Lee organization in Manhattan, and we were best known for lighting the Empire State Building. And that was another case was like, you know, New York was really in the doldrums. And, you know, lighting that building, lighting, I mean, I lit a number of other buildings in Manhattan. And everybody was just like really excited, you know, about that. It was like, it really changes the atmosphere in the city because people go, oh, look at that one. Oh, look at that one. Right. And, um, you know, to this day, uh, people are so excited when they find out that you know, I designed the snowflake that goes up every uh, holiday at 57th and 5th. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. That was back in back in the 80s. Right. And it, it's still they're still doing it. So I was like, yay! 
you know, <laughs> great tradition. You know, that's so fun. And people just love that. People just love that. So there is something that's very uplifting about light. And I mean, it is energy. It does. It has tremendous power to change people's moods and the way they feel. And, you know, so I worked with that kind of energy for many years. And now I'm working with other energy. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Liz, now what change do you wish to see in the world? Oh, my gosh. The change. I'm working on it, girl. I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, it's. My my underlying um, mantra for the work that I do is that no woman goes to her grave still ashamed of her body. So that's the change. That's the change to end shame in women. Yeah. And to undo the millennia of um patriarchy stress disorder and i don't know if you've read that book patriarchy stress disorder but it is real it is real and certainly you know i experienced that for my en entire life i mean this has been going on for generations and generations and generations of women um certainly in my work in lighting design and i don't mean i don't mean to i don't mean to bash men but I will tell you that, you know, when you're a woman in quote unquote male dominated professions and certainly architecture and high rise construction is one of them, it's wearing, it's wearing because you, you feel like you have to prove yourself over and over and over again. And, you know, I will tell you, you know, I'm a feminist. I, you know, I, I never burned a bra. <laughs> I came close, <laughs> but I thought to myself, bras are expensive. <laughs> I'm not going to burn my bra. <laughs> you know? but, but there used to be a saying that, you know, in order to be thought that the women had to be twice as good in order to be thought half as good as a man. And then the, the follow-up sentence to that was, Fortunately, that's not too difficult. Very powerful. Fortunately, that's not too difficult. But it's still, it's irritating that that is still present. You know, it really irritates me that women are still, you know, paid what? What are we up to now? A whopping 83 cents on the dollar? You know, that's what I, that's what I, that's the change I would like to see is true parity for women, true parity, you know, that we are absolutely paid what we're, what we're worth without having to grovel and beg for it, which women typically are not good at doing. We're not. And that's actually a brain science thing because, you know, that is a left brain thing and men generally are left brain dominant we if that's Catherine Bensinger's work. If you don't know her work, look it up. She's amazing. But um, women are very poor at negotiating for themselves. Men are good at it. We're not. We're not. So we're really at a, a, a big disadvantage that way. You know, we tend to notice everything. We're the nurturers. We're the worriers. We're, we're the right brain, you know, dominant ones. And we're the, we're the worriers. Men don't do that. They don't do that, but they negotiate. <laughs> They're good at it, <laughs> you know. So, 
that's what I would see is, is true, true parity. I would see, um, you know, reproductive rights that women actually worldwide have authority uh, over their bodies. Yeah, that women absolutely have authority over their bodies. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, Liz, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Living a life of purpose, number, number one, is only you get to call that. Only you get to call it. Nobody else does. And each of us, I mean, there was, there's, each of us has our own, I believe, a soul purpose, which is known to us and sometimes takes a little rooting out because especially women, you know, we're told what we should be, what we should think, and that can obscure our purpose. It can keep it hidden from us for years, you know, because we're trying to be pleasers. We're trying to live up to other people's expectations. So number one is, you know, listen to yourself, you know, sit with yourself, have some quiet time to be reflective uh, and think about what what lights you up, because typically the things that light you up are what you're supposed to be doing. That is your sole purpose. You know, whatever makes you happy, there it is right there. And don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> uh -uh. No, 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 no. Yeah. What makes you happy? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Do more of that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast, Liz. I truly appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? They can find me at lizbull.com. That's L-I-Z-Z if you're Canadian, B-U-L-L.com. And my book, my book is actually, it's available on Amazon. So there it is, your amazing itty-bitty diet-free weight loss book, which allows you, tells you all the things you need to know to... Uh, get the body that you want without having to do restrictive diets, which just make you feel miserable and they don't work. <laughs> Very powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Liz at LizBull.com. And Liz, again, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you. This has been great fun. This has <laughs> been great fun. So thank you so much, everybody. And uh, Milani, thanks for joining us. That was great. I'm so glad that you were here as well. And yeah, so check it out, lizbull.com. Yes. Thank you for listening, Mel and Melanie. We really appreciate you. Have a blessed day. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye.